Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wongerich. How are you, Dave? Hey, Noah. How are you? All right. Uh, week whatever this is, sheltered at home. Um, Crazy. Getting used to drinking um, from my home bar exclusively instead of going out uh, has been definitely a, a real change, um, I think, for both of us. It has. I've been joking. I've been stocking up for a big event, but I didn't realize that it would actually happen. Um, <laughs> that we would need uh, all of the provisions uh, that that we've been stockpiling uh, by accident. Turns out, the event I was stocking up for would have to be a lot bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really not drawing down the booze as much as as I would like to. And you're trying. I know you're trying, but uh, your your nightly cocktail class for for all of your Twitter followers, uh, your your lo-fi uh, lush uh, cocktail hour. So yeah, every every day, you know, without fail. Uh, God help me. I've been <laughs> making a drink and uh, taking little pictures of it and, and showing people how I made it uh, in case that would be useful to them. Judging by our Twitter feeds and what I see from, you know, folks who own liquor stores and other places, uh, liquor store sales are, are skyrocketing. People are definitely making more drinks at home. Um, you know, the, the happy hour, according to news reports, is definitely back. And I think you and I have seen that anecdotally yeah. from our, our friends and family. The fact that uh, when Stanley Tucci made one, you know, <laughs> not particularly suave Negroni, and it just blew up the internet. It, it broke the internet, I'd say. Uh, you know, it was like he was making a Negroni. I know he, you know, a lot of folks were irate because he shook his Negroni. I think your um, comments were the best about his, uh, about his cocktail skills. Would you say if, um, I'm just glad he doesn't judge my Hamlet, I think was, uh, was your tweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what I learned is amusing is, uh, doing this uh, lo-fi lush hour every day is that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm fairly active on Twitter and I have a lot of, of uh, followers who are into cocktails as a result. And uh, it turns out there aren't that many people who are, who are confident mixing drinks other than the professional bartender. And I thought people were mixing a lot more drinks at home, but it turns out, you know, they went out, they bought some booze, they bought the gear, you know, they got a cocktail shaker of some kind and, uh, and some other stuff. And they might make one drink every now and then, and then right. when they've got people over or something, but they're not really making a lot of drinks. And so now they're suddenly thrown on their own resources with skills that are really unfamiliar. And that was kind of a surprise to me. Through what we saw with Prohibition, that during Prohibition, 
you know, people, you know, the sales of cocktail shakers kind of go through the roof, right? Yeah. People weren't making drinks at home before. If you wanted a drink, you go out to a bar and, and most of the people who went to bars then were men. And, you know, drinking was totally different than, than, you know, what we do today. The only thing that gives me pause uh, about this moment and, and, and the home mixology is I've spent the last 20 years, you know, writing articles showing people how to mix drinks. And, and <laughs> so, have, you know, millions of other writers. And it turns out they were not paying any attention at all. I think it's kind of like, you know, um, home renovation magazines or, uh, you know, restaurant magazines or or food magazines, I should say, where people like to read, page through them, look at all the possibilities, but they don't actually, you know, they may not do it themselves, but they like fantasizing about it. And I think, you know. I mean, I think they make the occasional drink and, uh, you know, and it helps them to, to figure out what they want to order when they go out to a bar. But, you know, making drinks takes a little practice and a little time to get set up. And uh, I, I guess uh, unless you're really forced into it, nobody really wants to do it. Or <laughs> like cooking, I think everybody has one or two things that they like to cook. You know what I mean? And then, you yeah. know, they order takeout. And, and kind of the same thing with cocktails where, you know, we have our favorite bars and restaurants where we like to drink and eat. And then at home, we have our few favorite things that we like. and then you know, that's enough. But now that like, we can't really go out. And I mean, fortunately, yeah. in some parts of the country, some bars and restaurants are doing to go cocktails, but that's still a small amount of, of establishment. So it's for most of us, yeah. we're left to our own devices to, uh, to fix our own cocktails. <laughs> for and, better you or know, for worse. Those, those three drinks that you were good at, that's week one. <laughs> right. Right. If anything, I think we're going to come out of this with people who are way more confident and way more, you know, uh, you know, familiar with with what the different spirits taste like on their own, and familiar with what they like and they don't like, and you know, way more confident whenever bars reopen and they can go back in there and and really kind of order with more uh, authority and confidence. I like the optimistic take, and I think you know. You think of the generation that came out of Prohibition. Those people never had any problem making cocktails at home through the 50s. And, you know, they were making complicated tiki drinks at home and right. all that kind of stuff. That's and, true. You know, they always had the martini in the freezer and all that kind of thing. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. And they're certainly opinionated. I mean, if you go by something like uh, Bernard DeVoto's The Hour, he, he has a lot of opinions about how drinks should and certainly should not be made so <laughs> yeah i mean most of them stupid but it's an amazing book but uh, you know, yes uh, i i don't agree with it <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor do i but like uh, you know i find it um one that's pretty hard to get through um in in more than a page or two at a sitting he was writing it for effect and you know i, I guess we'll probably see that we're gonna get some new home experts you know people who who've who've mixed like God knows how many, you know, 60, 80 drinks all of a sudden. And, and uh, that's that it's very different if you're mixing drinks every day and uh, are getting comfortable with it. Those yeah. people are going to, some of them are going to go on to be like a real pains in the ass for their bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I mean, in a good way, but uh, it's funny. <laughs> That is true. The the unintended consequence of uh, yeah. you know, three months of uh, home mixology. 
maybe I should uh, stop the lo-fi lush hour right now. <laughs> now, exactly. People coming in with all of the, you know, all of your Italian uh, bitters and vermouth and stuff that you've been using and uh, yeah. asking for all these obscure things that they saw on your uh, Twitter feed. Who knows? Well, you know, I, I try not to make them too obscure, but uh, every once in a while, I can't help it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been trying to mix drinks so that there's a path for most people, you know, but you do need to have some vermouth and some citrus around. That's basic mixology, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've done a couple of, uh, you know, online or Instagram kind of talks about cocktails or whiskey and you know, I keep preaching like, you know, things like the sour formula, right? Where, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's one formula, but you know, it's plug and play. So we've talked about this before in other episodes, but like, you know, you use tequila, it's a margarita, you use rum, it's a daiquiri. And it's usually just two parts spirit, one part sweetener, one part citrus, lemon or yeah. lime, obviously, depending upon how strong your citrus is or what kind of sugar you're using or, you know, how strong the alcohol is, you vary it slightly, but, but that one formula can make dozens of different drinks of, you know, oh, particularly if you've got a bottle of liqueur lying around, you know? Yeah. That really makes, uh, that, that kicks things into orbit. I've been trying to encourage people to, uh, to experiment, you know, and just say, if you, if you don't have this ingredient, try something else. Right. What's the, what's the harm? <laughs> you know? It's not going to poison you. It might not taste great, but uh, <laughs> it might taste really good. You never right. know. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And, and also you, you can make mistakes and you can drink things that I think a lot of folks drink out of fear when they're in a bar, right? They're, they're worried yeah. that the bartender is going to judge them or their friends right. or another patron. And they're going to ask them, why are you drinking that? And they're not going to have any reason to say X or, you know, I, you know, they're not going to be able to say, you know, I like it because it's, you know, whatever. So at home, we don't have any of that. You know, we at home, you can drink whatever you want at any time you want. So, you know, yeah. hopefully that, you know, is a little bit of an easier environment to experiment or, you know, you've always heard about a certain drink, but you've never been comfortable enough to order it. Well, now's the time to mix it up at home and <laughs> see if you like it or not. I've been surprised uh, with the, uh, you know, the lo-fi response for some of these episodes where uh, I have a real classic drink that's just as you know plain as anything, and the number of people who've never tried it, you know, the number of people who uh, you know ne never tried a pink gin, for instance, right? That's just gin and bitter, and it's really easy, and it's a you know a, a famous drink, and usually high proof gin, right? I mean, it can be. Like... I mean, originally I think it was mostly Plymouth gin, yeah. and uh, that wasn't super high. Can use a high proof gin. <laughs> you know, that's always an option, Noah. Or maybe maybe the, I drink with too many. Day. Right. <laughs> maybe I've drunk with too many bartenders, but it's often like you know, the, <laughs> the Navy strength gin, which is what one fourteen or whatever it is for Plymouth, yeah. and uh, that's one hell of a shot. Um, let me tell you, uh, Angostura bitters and that. Um, you'll need another drink for a while. No. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. You and I travel so much. It's, it is weird to be not having to worry about, you know, getting to the airport on time, TSA times, you know, packing, unpacking. Yeah. You know, none of, you know, making sure, making reservations, hotel, none of that. I mean, it all seems, it all seems quite quaint at this point. Would, I know. But also sure. it's, you know, there's no uh, going and finding that one 1940s tiki bar in Phoenix and uh, nope. and going to the place that has the great tacos and going for a walk from my hotel in the morning and, uh, you know, exploring neighborhoods I've never seen before and all that kind of thing. So, oh, I mean, you know, you, oh, absolutely. You miss, I mean, that's, that's, that's the most wonderful part of traveling. I mean, it's right yeah, there. It's the stuff I take for granted. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we all do. I mean, and, and you and I do it so often that in so many places around the country, the world, we have our favorite spots and our favorite bartenders and our favorite servers. And, you know, we, I, I, we miss, I miss them dearly. I mean, I miss, you know, that, that luxury and, and the, 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 obviously the personal, the social aspect of it and, and going out and I mean, booze, we have plenty of booze at home. I mean, I think Wayne Curtis yeah. did that at a recent story in Halfful. It's like we we all have plenty of booze, hopefully, at home. And we, you know, getting a, a good cocktail is not the problem. It's it's all the other stuff that we miss. It's seeing our friends and interacting with folks and hearing, as, as yeah. our late, great Gary Regan would say, the crack in the bar, you know. the Yeah, it's the, the hum of conversation. It's the, uh, you know, the bartender tossing a wisecrack as a... As, uh, as, as as she walks by and you know it's it's that idea of like what should i have now right. why don't you make me something it's right. the what have you got back there i've never seen that yeah you know every bottle of booze in my house i've seen before <laughs> <laughs> every cocktail recipe i in the house i've heard right. of because it's, yeah. you know it's in one of my books <laughs> that, that, that i either wrote or bought right. so uh you know we spend so much time obsessing about the right ingredients and the right recipes and the technique. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, being, you know, uh, sheltered at home or quarantined, we, you know, we realize kind of what it all boils down to, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it can be. None of that stuff is very important. No. And, it, and, and so many of these, you know, I don't miss the 12 ingredient cocktails. You know, I miss, you know, uh, a good old fashioned or a daiquiri and, some talk at the bar with, with my friends yeah. and, you know, I didn't care that Stanley Tucci shook his Negroni or, <laughs> you know, uh, just a vermouth that I use a lot or and anything like that. The only thing I objected to was the fact that he didn't give his wife the drink at the end. Oh, <laughs> you know, right. Well, I mean, I mean that's right. I mean, that's, you know, cause yeah. that, that's what it's about. Oh, for it's sure. About people. I, I think if you're fortunate enough to be sheltered at home with, another uh adult that you absolutely should be making drinks for too. <laughs> that's, that's right that's the golden girl <laughs> yeah there's no do. such thing as drinks for one no i don't uh I, I think that's uh that that breaks some kind of every rule of hospitality i mean uh, although i i have to say lo-fi lush hour i always make one drink but then i usually give that to my wife or, or make right. another one for her yeah, I, I, I don't think I think most people who follow along with that realize it's not the only drink that you're making that night. I don't think yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty. It's like some kind of Neil <laughs> Simon play where, you know, one per two people in one 
apartment who aren't talking to each other for this whole thing. And <laughs> one, one person just keeps making cocktails in the corner, you know, and just drinking them themselves. You know? Sucking them down. Yeah. Like, are you done yeah. with the shaker now? Can I borrow the shaker? Thank you. Like, <laughs> you used all the ice. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we, we could, uh, my wife, daughter, and I could each have our own fully equipped bar. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't think that's a problem. So now it's put a lot of this in perspective, you know, and, and it really I, has. I mean, I, you know, we look at recipes or we look at the bottles and I mean, obviously I see drinks or spirits, but we also see all the people that we know who, who, you know, make them. I mean, it's their stories, it's their families, it's their histories. That's, so that's, that's absolutely, it, I mean, it reminds us of that, you know, um, I mean, it, it, I mean, sometimes it's quite soothing to remember all the, you know, the lovely folks behind, you know, these drinks. And sometimes it hurts because I realize I'm not sure when I'm going to see them again. So, yeah. I mean, some of these drinks, you know, when I, I made the Pegu Club the other day, and boy, that was, that was emotional, you know? Yeah. Because I, I mean, always drink that, drink that at Pegu Club and that's not going to happen anymore. No. And, and I've been drinking there for 15 years since it opened and, uh, and always thought that it was just a magical place. And, I'm really, you know, uh, New York without it is is just going to be a little bit diminished. Yeah, I guess. And just realizing that that's just one of many, you know, that yeah. we're going to lose is 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 really tough. Yeah, Audrey Saunders, the uh, the founder of Pegu Club, um, co-owner, announced she wasn't going to reopen her bar as one of the you know one of the first major cocktail bars in New York. Not not the first, but you know the first generation and you know, on Houston Street and so many wonderful bartenders who now work all over the country and have their mm -hmm. own bars came through Pegu Club. And, you know, Audrey, you know, I, I wrote a profile for, I guess, last year. And it was, it was, it was a, I mean, it was a wonderful excuse to a, write, you know, a long story and B, just also spend time with Audrey, even on the phone, you know, talking about what I thought then were the good old days, right? You know, when she was coming, right. up, you know, uh, she'd worked, I think, at a carpet cleaning company with her you know you know her ex-husband and uh yeah she sort of fell and took a like a, an adult education bartending class with dale DeGroff and kind of fell in love with it and became one of dale's uh disciples dale of say the reaper who was on our gary regan episode a couple of uh, weeks ago obviously dale the father of the rebirth of the cocktail who's taught all of us so much and audrey was you know really one of his first students and you know yeah. Pass that knowledge on to so many other folks. So you know, Pegu Club when it opened was it was kind of taken as uh, certainly how I took it, and a lot of other people did as proof of concept, absolutely. as that you could make an absolutely meticulous classic cocktail bar that's big and doesn't seem fussy. You know, oh, yeah. that, I mean, but you're right. Fifteen years ago, there's no guarantee that that would work, or that this whole cocktail thing would work. There were a couple other bars doing craft cocktails, sort of, you know, and then there were a couple that were very small that were definitely doing yeah. them, but they were small bars. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, there were some big ones that were fairly high volume that were, were, were doing craft-ish cocktails, but they weren't, you know, necessarily uh, going all the way down the line. I, I like would, Audrey was, where everything yeah. was perfection. And yeah. Well, I mean, that's Audrey. I mean, I don't, I mean, Audrey's obsessive. Like, you yeah. know, I, I remember talking to Kenta Goto, who, you know, was the bar manager at, at Pegu for, for a long time. And, you know, now he runs his own bars, Bar Goto and Bar Goto Nibon. Um, and, you know, talking just about how Audrey would, you know, work on a drink 
like well beyond what you know a normal you know what would normally take place in most cars you know and like so then like 60 different versions right you know and i'm not kidding <laughs> i mean i remember you know when my first book came out the business of spirits in 2007 i included i think six bars or something and it was like flat iron lounge i think Pegu was yeah. in there i can't even remember but it was one of these things where it was like i thought we had you know reached the top of the mountain we had like five six bars that were great yeah. bars in new york you know and it was like how much could this get better? You know, how could this ever get better than these six bars? And it's like, well, we, you know, now we have how, I don't know how many dozens of good bars in New York and around the world. You know, sadly, we'll, we'll see how many dozen, uh, <sighs> yeah. when, uh, when, when things start opening again. And, uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately we're going to lose a lot of them for a while. I mean, I'm optimistic that eventually it will come back to some, you know, maybe not exactly the same. I, there's some things I hope will happen that uh, I hope there'll be a little more attention to the basics in these bars and a little less to uh, weird mixology yeah. for the sake of weirdness, you know, and or for competitive mixology, which I find tiresome. Is like, well, my drink, I did 18 different homemade things, yeah. uh, you know, so top that. The simplicity of that you find in classics you know, I would like to see that in new drinks, some at least, uh, and I and I suspect we'll see that that is going to happen to a degree because uh, the bars are going to have to be a little more, a little low to the ground to get people in there. Yeah, I think it's going to have to be. I think we'll we'll see big changes. I mean, just I mean, in the near term as as we adjust, and then once you know, a vaccine, you know, is approved and works. And, you know, I mean, I, I do think in the long run, we'll go back to normal. Um, but it's just how many bars will be able to weather this period until they're able to reopen completely and normally, I don't know. And how many bartenders and other people in this industry will leave the industry because there's nothing, you know, there's so yeah, few there's jobs. Nothing in there. there. In the, in the meantime, so I mean that's that's the scary thing. I don't. I mean, just as we saw after Prohibition, you know, the the American whiskey industry was decimated. I mean, there was no, you know, most yeah. of the. I mean, there were, you know, there were a few handful of people who had the medicinal stilling licenses who were able to continue to sell whiskey. Yeah, there were there were like four distilleries. Right, but and you know, yeah. but and and the rest of them, but even them, and most of them, you know. Most of the distillers had to be rebuilt. A lot of them had been, you know, scrapped for, you know, money. I don't think we're facing that. No, no. But I mean, you know, the point is like other people stepped in, you know, it was an opportunity for other people who, you know, who yeah. hadn't been involved, who came in like the folks like the Shapiros at Heaven Hill, you know, they had been right. running their chain of Louisville stores and, you know, had the money because even during the depression, people, as Max Shapiro, the president now, since people needed socks or uh you know, a zipper or a, you know, a, you know, button or something. So yeah, precisely. they had the money, the beams had the knowledge, you know, Jim beam also found the investors. I mean, so other people will step up and we'll see it, but I mean, it's, you know, it's going to change the landscape. Yeah. I think the people, uh, you know, the, the people and, and, and just the bars and also the, some of the small distilleries that uh, we're going to uh, see making it, through are the ones that are most connected to their communities. Yeah. You know that uh will have the that have reservoirs of goodwill 
and and affection for them because uh uh they're going to need that to get you know uh people to work with their new normal whatever that is yeah i agree the places that are just like investors plus hired consultants uh i don't think those are that's going to come back so much but uh because uh, there's there's really no base there but the places yeah. that are deeply embedded in their community uh people will find a way to to to, to get them back I in one so. way or another it might yeah. be in a different building with a different name but it'll be the same people you know the customers uh, they're not going to lose those customers yeah. because uh they're a part of people's lives and not just a, a fun night out I don't worry that there will be bars, right? I think right. we can all agree that there will always be bars and there are always people to open bars. If this drags on too long, it's going to be really, really, it's going to be devastating. I mean, it's going to be it's terrible. Going to be I mean, it's a I, you smaller, know. smaller industry. Uh, it's going to be a more low to the ground. Uh, on the other hand, there's a possibility that rents are not going to, you know, commercial rents right. aren't going to That's be what true. they were. So, so, you know, there's a possibility that some of these bars, uh, you know, might be, might go the kind of the neighborhood bar way, yeah. uh, in a way that was not possible before. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens from that. I mean, the last time there was a really bad economy for a long time, uh, we got a lot of dive bars out of it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, if the government steps in and freezes rents or, uh... Um, you know, pays for people's rents, you know, that would also affect things, obviously. But I mean, yeah. you know, who knows? We don't know yet. So we don't know. I mean, in the meanwhile, all we could do is stay home and mix our drinks, you know, and uh, pray for, hope the best. for the best. Yeah. Be willing to help where we can. You know, that's the most important thing of, of anything is, 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 you know, try to keep your sanity and be willing to help when you can. Absolutely. I don't know what else we can do. How you can and when you can. I look forward to to seeing you all at a bar, including you, Dave. Hopefully that is uh, sooner than later. I can't wait. <laughs> and the first meantime, round's on me. <laughs> absolutely. I'll hold you to it. You got it. Till then, uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, keep uh, the, the drinks flowing at home. Um, hopefully it brings you some solace. Uh, we'll hopefully all meet up soon. Uh, Cheers. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that, too. Cheers. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 